Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wisp Sports Radio. The voice of women in sport. Hello, and thank you for downloading this episode of The Horse Show on Wisp Sports. This is Season 4, Episode 9, and I'm Chris Stafford. My guest this week is Danielle Travis, who has created her own pathway to a sport that is generally perceived to be elitist and usually demands the wherewithal to be able to own a string of polo ponies. Based in Hawaii, Danielle has the added challenge of traveling to the mainland to compete with other clubs, which speaks to her passion and determination to further her game. She has played with some of the sport's top players and in 2011 was one of two women among 12 players to be named to Team USPA by the US Polo Association. Born in Wailea, Hawaii, Daniel first sat in the saddle at the age of four and spent her childhood emerged in a variety of sports from surfing and wakeboarding, naturally being in Hawaii, to tennis, softball, competitive gymnastics, and in equestrian sport, she focused on dressage and hunter jumpers. It was when she discovered polo at the age of 16 where she found the equestrian sport that would provide a team environment that she found most satisfying. Her passion for polo became an addiction once she had a taste of college polo while at Santa Barbara City College and later at Texas Christian University. Once she had graduated, Daniel went shopping for a polo pony. But instead of perusing the polo world, she went on Craigslist to find the pony in Texas that she could afford, an appendix quarter horse called Bonnie, which fit her budget and ambitions. She promptly loaded her on a trailer to haul her across the country to Aiken, South Carolina. And she got the leg up there that she needed to play polo in polo tournaments and continued to travel from coast to coast after that, gaining experience and developing the network she needed to establish herself in the sport. With Bonnie back home now in Hawaii, having a break from tournaments, Daniela has headed back to California to lease some ponies and play the clubs there with a view to becoming self-sufficient with her own string one day and eventually play polo in Argentina and Europe some of the meccas of polo. And I caught up with Danielle just before she headed back to California to hear how she's making her way in the sport. Hi, Daniela. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. 
Well, let's set the scene because you're in fabulous Hawaii, which a lot of people would envy, and, and they might think that it sounds very glamorous to be a polo player in Hawaii. What does that actually look like? Oh, well, it is It's super fun. It's definitely different from the polo that I've experienced on the mainland. It's a little bit more uh, relaxed, I would say. How big a scene is it like and what kind of tournaments do you have? What does the structure of it look like? So there's quite a few tournaments that they start doing in July. Um, but the cool thing about Hawaii is that the crowds are pretty crazy. So it the the venue is nothing like it in the world. It's it's right on the beach. I mean, you are beachfront. You can jump in the ocean, hop on your horse and play polo rides, stick and ball whatever you like. And the weather is usually fantastic year round. It's just, it's a very unique place. And if anybody can come out here and experience it, it's just amazing. The people come out, they're tailgating. I mean, thousands, like thousands of people will show up in their bikinis and their trucks and tailgate and just have a good time. And it's super fast polo. We have some great players that are here and uh, it's just, I, I feel pretty, stoked to be able to play here for sure and how many women would you have playing then um compared to to the men uh, on the island there what, what's the kind of ratio um i would say there's there's quite a few of us i would say there's definitely eight to ten of us women that are here and there's a little bit more men for sure uh that we have a lot of younger women uh and there's the men are older and there's, you know, there's like some younger dudes, some, you know, in their thirties, but it's, it's mainly like older men um, that have been playing the sport for, for decades, but there's, there's definitely a good mix. So how many team, how many teams, how many clubs would you have there to choose from? So there's only two clubs. So there's Honolulu Polo Club, which is in Waimanalo, which is on the east side of Oahu. And then you have Hawaii Polo Club, which is on the north shore of Oahu in a town called Mokalaia. So is it relatively easy to get on a team then to play once the tournament starts? Um, so when you want to play polo, you usually have to pay a membership fee to join the club. And so then you have to do that and then you know, it, do you have horses? Are you going to lease horses? They're, everybody kind of has their own horses here. Some are available for lease, but not very many. Um, but some other, like, Patron guys will, will fly in their own pros to play with them and give them horses. So if you want to become a, you know, a polo player here in Hawaii, you just have to, you know, pay your dues, have your horses, and then you can – you know, hire a pro to play with you or jump on a team. So. so you, of course, have been playing polo a little while now, but you've done other things before you switched sports to, to polo, and you've played with some of the best in the world now, but how did it all begin and why did you make that transition? So I, so I grew up uh, jumping, doing western, dressage, and then uh, one day my trainer's husband and son, they, they kept leaving to go somewhere every Wednesday. I'm like, where are you guys going every Wednesday? They're like, Oh, we're going to polo. I was like, where are you? What? Like what? I didn't even know like really what it was. And I was, 
maybe 15, 14 at the time. And then I went and discovered polo and I was, I had this, I actually uh, was leasing a beautiful New Zealand mare um, and she did everything. She jumped, she did dressage, she even played polo. So I actually started on this mare and she just was so amazing. Got me hooked. I, I was playing polo in like all my hunter gear. I was like the hunter jumper girl riding in my, you know, my jumper helmet and my, my, my britches and my, you know, and my field boots. It was pretty funny. I have like photos from me back in the day, but she, that mare was so amazing. She, she basically got me hooked on it. And then I actually bought another horse, a gelding. And I thought, Oh, every, any horse can play polo. So I thought I could like play polo on him. And he, he like freaked out on the field and bucked me off or something. <laughs> but I was like, oh, okay. So I, I think I, I don't know. I think I just, I, I, I started kind of doing that in high school and then I, I was just like totally addicted and hooked at that point. So I actually moved to California and then started my intercollegiate polo career um, at Santa Barbara city college. So I was, I was there for three years and I was a, a three-time all-star uh, player. My last year I ended up making it to nationals and actually played my national tournament in Lexington um, at the horse park. That's a great place to play. It's a great place for, for polo and just for anything, horses in general. Um, so that was a, that was a cool experience. And then, um, yeah, so I've just been, uh, my last year of intercollegiate polo was at TCU, Texas Christian University in Fort Worth, Texas. So I finished my last year that, received an all-star award there. And then after that, I got on a national uh, polo team from the U- United States Polo Association um, called Team USDA. And I was only one of two women to get chosen to be on that team. At a, and then I think it was 10 guys that got chosen too. So you get to go train and uh, play with some of the best players and have mentors um some of the best players in the world so it was it was an opportunity I, I was just super super excited about so I just I just been playing polo and it's just my 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 entire life it's my passion so yeah clearly it is but what was that attraction and what was it about polo that drew you away from you know an individual sport like dressage mm-hmm. or hunter jumper right yeah, I think my whole life I actually was an individual sport um, person or an individual athlete. So I grew up, you know, I was a gymnast competitively for 13 years and then I was doing all the hunters and stuff. I think I just craved that team sport aspect. I think I just wanted, I don't know, I guess I just wanted to like get aggressive and just not not so much that, but I think it was just, I mean, okay, maybe it was the, like just being able to play with a team and yeah, like I think just getting like down and dirty with, and not dirty, but like just being aggressive and being able to just the whole, the whole aspect of it was just something I, I guess I was missing. Um, it's just the excitement, um, the, the, the being able to have a, a team captain and, and, you know, and coaching and working together and the whole, the whole thing was just definitely something I missed as a kid. I mean, I didn't play soccer. I didn't play any of those. Like, I didn't have my soccer mom. I was just, like, a gymnast kind of doing my own thing or horse shows. So I think it was that that team that team play that I just was craving for sure. 
Because it's different if you were on a hunter-jumper team or eventing or dressage team. It's still an individual performance, right? But It is. It is, yeah. yeah you have your, your, your team, but you're out, you know, going in the ring by yourself. So I think I just, I was meant to, you know, just like hockey. I think people just want to, like, bump into each other. I don't know. It's just, like, get aggressive. And it's just, it, that's, that's what makes it so addicting. And But, like, polo, there's always room just like any sport it's just always room to improve you know you can always make better plays and if you're playing with better players than you you know your goal is like I'm gonna stick on that man I'm gonna if I can mark that man and if I can make plays on the best guy on the field I feel like I'm being effective and I'm actually improving my game yeah absolutely you know if obviously people listening here that never have played polo and think it's quite appealing but you know they're they're riders or maybe professional amateur riders what would you say the skills that you need as a horsewoman to do this i would say being a good rider is definitely a um a very necessary foundation just because there's so many things at play. I mean, you're, you're hitting, you know, offside shots, but you, you can only use your right hand. So if you're hitting a shot on your right side, in order to go on the other side, you have, it's, it's the same hand, it's the same arm. So you really need good balance. You need to be able to grip with your knees and be comfortable with leaning over the horse. I mean, there's guys, if you look up, you know, any polo, photos i mean guys are leaning out so far it's like how are you staying on your horse but having that foundation is is definitely critical but i've definitely like when i played collegiate polo there was one guy that jumped on the men's team and he had not really ridden before but he was a golfer and he just hopped on he was like the worst rider on her on the guys team but he could hit the ball and he just he figured it out but I just think in all, I just think having a good foundation of, of, of the riding is, is pretty critical just because it's just a dangerous sport. It's so dangerous. So uh, definitely got to get the riding skills down. So imagine that vaulting might help then if you've done vaulting as a, as a child, um, and, oh, yeah. you know, I- learning to hang off the side and, Oh, for sure. Yeah, I definitely used to vault. (laughs) I remember those days. I was like, oh, cool. Like I can put my gymnastics field on a horse. I just, I just remember riding around and just, you know, doing those things. But uh, yeah, I feel like a lot of the really, really, like the best guys in the world are honestly like vaulting. They're hanging off the horse doing crazy stuff. They're, they're insane. So you probably... Uh, there were times when you were learning the sport that you didn't keep the horse between you and the ground. Were they hard lessons? Oh, yeah. Um, I've definitely, I don't fall off that much, but um, when it, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely tough because you just, you know, my worst fear is like falling off at like full speed, but I think that is the one thing is that I've been riding my whole life. So I know horses and I know, I mean, anything can happen in, in polo, you know, it can be very unpredictable, but I've definitely um, fallen off. I actually fell off my mare back in 2011 and she, you know, she threw me off and I landed. I wasn't even playing. I was just going to go stick and ball. I was in Aiken at the time and I, I landed head first in a 
wire fence and just split my head open. And I have this like huge Harry Potter scar on my face, on my, um, on my forehead, you know, and that's just, that's definitely difficult to, you know, come back from. You're like, you know, do I keep this horse? What's going on? Or was it me? I feel like it was sometimes when we ride, we, our, our egos get a little bit like, in the way sometimes and maybe I shouldn't have disciplined this horse this way and I should have read the situation better but um yeah I mean falling off is actually not too long ago uh, a horse just had a heart attack on me and died on the field and that was really rough because and it happens quite a bit um not like super often but that was kind of traumatic for me because Good thing I wasn't going at speed because I I don't know I just feel super lucky because I mean it was the horse just died and it just like flopped over but if I was going at speed I mean who knows it's just it, you know it's like top three most dangerous sport in the world it, it's just crazy that I I feel like that I'm doing this <laughs> but I mean when you're so passionate about something you just you do it no matter no matter what so. You mentioned the mare there, and this is a wonderful story because last week on the show I spoke to the winner of the Jersey Fresh CCI uh, four-star long competition there who bought her horse, and she's ridden it since she was the first one to ride it. She bought it as a two-year-old filly on Craigslist, and now she's winning winning Mm -hmm. an international competition. You bought your mare on Craigslist. Tell us the story. I did. I... So I was going to TCU at the time and I think I had, I had, I had another mare in Santa Barbara. I'd sold her. So I had like some money saved. It's like my horse money. Didn't have much, but I was just searching, searching, searching on dream horse on equine now on, you know, whatever the, all those, those sites are. But I just, I was looking for a specific horse. I was looking for an appendix mare. Um, I definitely wanted that variety. And I just was looking on Craigslist because I feel like you could find some good stuff on Craigslist. I know it. So I was just, I was just searching every day. I was like, I'm determined. I'm going to find a horse here and searching, searching every day. Finally, I came across this headline that was this Bay Appendix mare, four years old. And the headline said, Polo Prospect something, 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 all caps. I was like, oh God, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I got to call this lady right now. So went on the phone, called her. I was like, uh, can I come see this horse right now? It's like, literally I've been like thinking about this horse, manifesting this horse. Uh, so I traveled to Wichita Falls, Texas, and two and a half hours away, saw the mayor, went to the ATM. I just got the cash out and you know, I like lunged her a little bit, kind of saw her personality. I, I rode her, I even showed her the mallet. And I was like, Oh, this mare doesn't even care. This horse does not care about much. And yeah, then I just, uh, I think I, yeah, I got the vet check and I just bought her. And then, I mean, the mare has just, uh, she's just incredible. I've had her for 10 years now. <laughs> she's, She's 14. She's, it's a, it's pretty crazy because like I've traveled all over the country with her. You know, I started in Texas and then I moved to South Carolina. I bought this two horse bumper pool Logan trailer that I just haul my one horse string around and I'd go to 
you know, I moved to uh, South Carolina and then I had to move up to Virginia for a job. And then I, Oh, Danielle, do you want to play in this tournament in Florida? So I'd shoot down to Florida with Boomy. And it was just like me and my one horse, you know, that, that just doesn't happen in Polo. Like no one really just has one horse. <laughs> like it's just, you know, it's just like pretty funny. And then I'd travel around with my friends. Like we would go, you know, I was on my way back to California. So I'd travel all across the country with Boomy again and like I would, I was going with my friends who were going to play in a tournament in Houston. And it was just, it was them and they're like 10 horse trailers, with, you know, with eight to 10 horses in it. And then there's me like trailing along with Boomy in the back, like with my one horse. And then we'd stop at the gas stations and I'd pull in like next to all the big semis and Boomy's just like, she has this thing where she paused. So she paused at, I mean, for 10 years I've been dealing with this and it's just like, oh my gosh, like forever dealing with this horse that just and she's pawing away in the trailer you know and everybody's just like laughing at me because it's just like they just think it's it's so funny that it's just me and my one horse and I'm just traveling around and then I got back to California and then you know and then she came to Hawaii with me put her on a plane there was actually a time where when I moved back to Hawaii I was just like getting my career going starting to sell real estate and I actually asked my friend I was like I honestly cannot it was a crazy time because like I just couldn't focus on you know getting my career going and having a horse and having all those expenses along with it so my friend was like so awesome to take her for me for a year so I actually gave up my horse for a year and she was turned out in Aiken while I moved back to Hawaii um it was pretty crazy to not see my horse for a year but it definitely helped me get on my feet again and then they had her shipped back to California I mean, the mares has been all over the place. It's so crazy, but she's been like, it's just, it's, it's just, uh, it's amazing. And then like, I would play, you know, in tournaments in Florida and I actually got a best playing pony award and I was competing against, you know, a lot of horses that people spend thousands. I mean, like multiple thousands of dollars for, and I was like, Oh my God, like my Craigslist pony just like made some, you know, awesome plays on these like really 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 expensive horses I was like you go boomy (laughs) you know it was just like so you know so proud and she was the first horse I've trained for polo but and she you know it's just it's just awesome she's just just a crazy mare that just turned out I just got so lucky and it turns out she has like these amazing bloodlines I was like wow I think I need to like continue this because I'm thinking about potentially, you know, finding a stud and, and breeding her. So, I don't know. It was going to be my next question, actually. Were you going to capitalize on her being such a good mare and, and get a foal out of her? No, for sure. And I, I'm thinking, because she's like, she's had miles on her. I mean, she's 14, but, you know, with that year off, she's like had some time off. And the mare is like so accident prone, too. Like, she's like obliterated her back legs a couple times. It's just like a constant. I mean, if you're a horse person, they're they're just accident prone in general. But um, but other than like her little quirks, I mean, the mare is just stupid athletic, and the bloodlines are there. And but I was actually thinking of maybe doing like a a surrogate situation so she didn't have to take nine months off, you know. But um, I, I don't know. I just think like at one point I have to get a baby out of her. So, but that's expensive too. <laughs> so much work. 
yeah, it, absolutely. And there is a gamble attached mm-hmm. to get uh, to bre- to breeding as well. But you yeah, mentioned that you're going to California to to play, but you don't take her with you. What does she do while she's left behind on the island? She uh, does whatever Boomy wants. Uh, no, she. Uh, I actually have a, a girl. Uh, her name's Olivia. She she's she's a hunter jumper um, out at the ranch where I'm at, and she just like loves our horses. She's the sweetest, and she she rides steps for for me and my friends. So she'll take Boomy around and, and, and look after her while I'm gone and take her in sets and just keeping her fit um, so I can play her when I get back. And when you travel over to the mainland, you get what we call catch rides or lease, lease horses to, or ponies to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, obviously more economical than bringing the mare over. But um, yes. t- talk a little bit about how, what that looks like. Do you do you know you know people at the clubs that you're going to? Do you have to have a, a temporary membership? How does it work when you're traveling as a polo player? Right. So there's like a, mainly disadvantages, I guess, when you have to lease horses and you don't have your own because some horses you just don't know. You don't know what they're capable of. You're like, I don't know if I reach out this far, is it going to duck out on me? Like you just, there's a lot of unknowns. So it's definitely, I don't have a choice, but um, my friend, longtime friend, her name's Megan Judge, and she runs um, polo at the Central Coast Polo Club out in the Central Coast, California, San Luis Obispo. And I've known her since I moved to California in 2005. She's the coach of the Cal Poly polo team, but I've been riding her horses for 10 years and, and I play in a big Santa Barbara women's tournament with her every year. So there's a lot of horses that I've ridden before. So that's good. You know? So when I, I was like, I need to go play in this tournament. So it's the first women's jackpot tournament and we get a chance to actually win money in polo, which is, I was like, I have to be, I have to do this. You know how much money I've spent (laughs) in polo? Like I, I need some of it back, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, ha- having her as a source is, has been so great just because she's improved her horse string just tremendously throughout the years. And I just made sure I was like, okay, which horses I need, I need this one and this one and this one, which are the one, what do you think I'll like? You know, she knows the kind of horses I like. So I think I've compiled a good string of horses for me to play for this tournament. Um, and then there's, there's other people out there that definitely have horses to rent. And, you know, the good thing about being in a intercollegiate polo is that when you play, you have to ride, you know, horses that you know and horses that you don't know. So it's definitely, it's, I recommend, you know, getting into the scholastic and intercollegiate program because it just makes you so much more well-rounded that you can get on a horse, feel it out for, you know, five to 10 seconds. And you're like, okay, I have a feeling for, for what this is going to do. But definitely, like, when you're riding a horse and playing it are totally different things. But at the same time, it's, um, it definitely makes you more well-rounded, for sure. But there are times where I've leased horses, and I was like, oh, stick and balling. Oh, yeah, this horse is nice. I get on it, run away. You know, I mean, you just – and then it makes you look like a dummy out there. You're like, wow, I can't do anything on this horse. So there's definitely an event, like – if I could, maybe one day I'll have my own string of horses where, you know, and that's like where you improve your, your game really is when you, you can have your own horses that you can play to the best of your ability 
you know, you want the best horses that you possibly can. So um, it's expensive, but, you know, one day you just, but um, leasing is, you know, it's grateful that I can leave Hawaii and, and go play, you know, because that's what I need to do to like keep my handicap current and play against, you know, other national players. So that's super fun. So I, I look forward to is is leaving <laughs> yeah continue to get that experience what is your handicap currently um so so the uspa actually um well sunny hale actually she may she rest in peace but she was you know just a legend in polo she was the best women's polo player and she developed a women's handicap system uh so now the uspa has a mix so like men and women and then a, a, a women's rating. So my mixed rating outdoor is a 0.5. So on a scale from like minus two to 10, I'm 0.5. They have these half gold, um, half gold handicaps. So I just got raised to 0.5. And then my arena handicap is three goals. And um, my women's handicap outdoor is four. And then in the arena, my women's handicap is six goals. Right. Okay. So big ambitions then. What, what, what does the future really look like for you as a polo player? What, what would you like it to, to look like? Would it move, mean moving to the mainland? Uh, yeah, I, I really think so. Um, you know, I've always had dreams to be the best. And I feel like I, I can be. I have, I, I've been told I have the talent. Like, I believe I, I do. Um, but I, I really do think that moving to the mainland is, is going to help because I like my other passion is, is training. Like I love, you know, I love training my mare and I know excuse me, she, she turned out so great. I'm like, well, I can make other great horses too. Uh, and I've just been riding my, my entire life. And I actually, you know, I was trained in the dressage and the hunter. So I understand, you know, a lot more than maybe some other people don't. So I like to train horses and incorporate all the things that I've learned throughout my life. And I just, I want to acquire green horses and I want to make them and I want to sell them. Um, it's just, it's too hard to do it here just because there's no, there's no market. Um, you know, I, I want to be able to maybe train a horse and sell to an eight goal polo player like, or just, there's just more, there's just more of an opportunity on the mainland to, um, acquire young horses and train them and sell them and then you know have a place to keep them it's just um and more playing opportunities more arena pole tournaments like since i'm rated three goals i feel like i can i'll be able to play more and maybe get paid one day <laughs> like maybe one day i'll get paid i'll make enough money from selling what you're producing there and and it have a thriving business yeah you know selling travel masks uh hopefully that'll just take off and then i can you know i mean everything i do everything i work hard for everybody works hard for something and i just i work hard for polo <laughs> i work hard for the polo you know and that and that lifestyle i mean you have goals so yeah, I think maybe moving to the mainland has definitely been on my mind for a while. It's hard when you're on an island and you have a bunch of stuff and then you got to deal with this and then you, know, you have a horse you got to fly. Like, like 
who has to deal with that? Not very many people. <laughs> and on your bucket list, would you like to play like in Argentina or, or Europe? Have you had those opportunities yet or is that still on your bucket list? Oh, definitely. I, I haven't been to Argentina yet, which is it's crazy. Um, yeah, I would I would love to go uh, wake up, play polo, go to sleep, wake up, play polo, go to bed, wake up, play polo. <laughs> like, I would um, love to do that in Argentina. I would love to go play in Europe. I would love to go play in New Zealand. Um, so I know it'll happen. Um, it'll just take a little bit of time, but I'll definitely get there for sure. Well, I love to hear that ambition and determination. And clearly, you know, you're focused enough and, and you're so passionate about it that I can see it happening. Well, we, we need to keep up with you, Daniel. So uh, let's stay in touch. I really appreciate you coming on the show and, and sharing, sharing your story. Totally. Yeah. I Thank you so much. I, I appreciate you reaching, reaching out reaching out on Instagram and actually doing this. It's, it's, it's awesome. I'm happy to uh, share my story. Terrific. Again, well, the best of luck when you come to California. Have a great summer of uh, polo, and uh, thanks again for your time. Thank you so much. Conversations from the world of women's sports. This is Wisp Sports Radio. And if you go to our show notes on the website at wisports.com, go to the Listen tab from the top menu and click on the Horse Show, where you will find links to Danielle's social media, where you can follow her travels around the world of polo. And whilst you're on the website, do check out some of the other coverage we have here at Wisports, from articles to blogs, videos, and of course, a world of podcasts that you will find nowhere else when it comes to women's sports. And you can also subscribe free on your podcast app to Wisports and catch up there on some of the many shows that we have here from around the world. You can always join in the conversation too by shooting us an email to info at wispsports.com and following us on social media at Wisp Sports. Until the next time, thank you for listening and supporting women in sport everywhere. Goodbye for now. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.